0: I love this, like, standard hip-hop beat. I'm a huge, you know, just, I mean, this is great beat. What's up, everybody? Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Zach Dressler Show. I'm Zach Dressler. Thank you for joining us. Welcome new subscribers. Got a few more subscribers this week.
1: Welcome. We're gaining
0: them. We're gaining. We're gaining. Probably. We're on a slow incline. We'll get some bumps and spikes and valleys and stuff like that, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, got some great feedback about the show. Uh, you know, people are really digging it. Um, uh, thank you. You know, any suggestions you guys want to make, you know, feel free to hit me up, hit up Indy, right. You know, uh, comment.
1: Yeah. Comment below. You can email the show at, uh, it's a, uh, the, the drag, uh, the drag, the drag show. <laughs> it's okay. a drag show and this, the show, the <laughs> Zach Dressler show at gmail.com. I'll put the, the lower third there awesome. for everybody right uh, here or yes, somewhere beautiful. here. Beautiful. One the there. show. You could also go to, you know, uh, at Z Dressler and yeah and sliding his DMS yeah, there hit, um, hit
0: me up on hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Z uh you know anything guys you want to talk about if there's something that you want to talk about you think I should bring on a guest whatever you th- even uh, or a bagel if there's a bagel you know we doing the, I've been doing these bagel reviews um it's a, tra-
1: it's a tzds tradition it's
0: yeah I mean yeah. it's yeah absolutely and it, it's it's gonna be it's it's a lot of fun i have been enjoying it uh, I'm uh, working on one you know more, I'm just working on one each week but if you have suggestions uh, for bagels, you know, whether in Los Angeles or wherever you are uh, across, uh, North America, um, or the world, if you have, ba- I mean, I don't know if I can get bagel shipped from, uh, Japan in time for them to taste good, but if there's a good Japan bagel shop, I mean, shit, I'll yeah, fucking maybe have, we can make a budget for it. I, listen, I'll pay for it. It'll come out yeah. of my own personal budget and I'll have them come, uh, you know, I'll, I'll fly them out. I'll fly the, uh, the, the product out here and we'll try it um well, that's quality content absolutely right i yeah. love bagels and so i mean you know it's one thing i'm gonna have my like a little cheat meal i do a week uh, uh maybe maybe not the only one but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> it's you know it's not it's not easy you want to try all the good foods but i've been i've been really good i've been really good with my health anyway uh like subscribe to the channel hit that smash button on uh, on youtube um, um Tell your friends who don't. Uh, you know you can check us out on iTunes. The, the audio version of this, you can check out on iTunes.
1: Yeah, just but tell one friend that, that you think likes comedy, likes to laugh, likes to have a good time. Likes to hear good interviews, good, good stories. Things. Yeah, This is how things grow. It's word of mouth. It's, it's people like you, the new subscribers, the old subscribers, the OGs, the new Gs. Absolutely. It's
0: all you. Absolutely. And if you like this and you want to hear the audio version or you don't want to watch the my mug on video, I totally get it. It's totally understandable. You can subscribe on you know uh, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Are we on SoundCloud? SoundCloud.
1: Ooh, I could I could put us up there. I mean, I mean we don't we have, have to. Have I just I, I
0: saw that the other day. Someone posted that they're like, "Oh, check out my show on, on SoundCloud." I'm like, "Are we on SoundCloud?" We should do that. I'll, I'll do that. So we get on sure. SoundCloud eventually. But uh, I'm really excited for the show. Um, you know, the shows are picking up momentum and a lot of people want to, you know, come and join and I'm happy about that. And and I'm thankful for that as well. Uh, a lot of good friends, good people I met throughout the years. Um, and tonight's guest I'm really pumped for, uh, he's a a friend of mine that I met while doing, you know, (sighs) improv, improv, I was gonna say improv, which is Australian, but improv comedy, sketch comedy, just comedy in general, uh, in New York, um, He's been part of a comedy duo for over two decades now, uh, Chris and Paul. Um, uh, his name is Chris O'Neill, uh, you know, and Chris and Paul has traveled his, his duo uh, with Chris, it, He is Chris, Chris O'Neill. Paul Valenti is his partner, but Chris O'Neill is joining the show tonight. I will get Paul at some point. Um, he, they've traveled uh, the, the world doing their comedy stuff. They went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival um, back in the, in the two, uh, 2020, uh, 2010s. Um, and they were finalists on NBC's Bring the Funny uh, a couple of years ago. and what's great is that Chris is so talented he for uh, had a, a long stint uh, as Elder Cunningham in the wildly successful Broadway musical The Book of Mormon.
1: oh my gosh
0: yeah uh, he was on the traveling tour and then became part of the the Broadway main stage. he was uh, he played Elder Cunningham and I had the. Uh, great opportunity to see him uh, play that character and do it on stage at Broadway. And he, he's just, he's special. He's fantastic. Um, I'm excited to have him on the show. You can check out, check him out, check out his handles. Uh, you can go to Chris and Paul on YouTube. Um, you can go to Chris O Show. That's both his Twitter and Instagram handles. So I'm excited to talk to Chris in a little bit here. Oh. Chris O. Uh, Chris O'Neill, the man. Uh, Indy, how you doing, man?
1: Doing good, man. Mm-hmm. It's podcasting. We're we, we pumping out show, pumping out content. The world needs content. You know, we're all sitting in our... Uh, you're working little... on a lot.
0: You're working on a lot. And um, it's, it's incredible. You're working on uh, another podcast, uh, multiple podcasts. But the one that's out right now also that you're helping produce, what you are producing is uh, John Huck, correct?
1: Yes, Speaking Highly with John Huck, speakinghighly.com, uh, audio Thursdays, video yeah. Fridays on John Huck's YouTube. Just go to speakinghighly.com. But yeah, well, you know, love doing it. Uh, doesn't mean that uh, your show is any... Uh, no, no, no. Any, I'm just, uh, listen, I want to plug on the people's stuff and especially the stuff you're working on, man. Of course.
0: I know well, you're working thank hard. You. You yeah. know, Indy works very hard on my show and I really appreciate all the help he does. He send, you know emails all the guests, the links. He works with me on the show in general, what we should be working on. He edits the whole thing together. I mean, this whole, this whole thing, this whole conversation, concept is originally his, I'm just fortunate enough that he reached out to me that I want to, you know, and want to do it with me. Of course. Yeah. So, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no worries. Yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm really good. I'm having, I had a good February. Yeah. I had a really good February. Um, You know, looking forward to see what March brings. Uh, I feel, I know it's funny driving back, driving up here today, I can tell, even though we're still in the middle of pandemic. I feel somewhat, and I know people are going to probably hate on this, this sentiment, but I feel like we're somewhat returning to some uh, sense of normalcy. And I say that because traffic has returned to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we first started doing this, uh, you know, a couple months ago, uh, it would take me 20 minutes to get up here. Today, it took me the, the typical 45, oh. 45 minutes to get up here.
1: Oh geez, because
0: you know you hit that little route right by Universal Universal Studios, yeah, uh, or you uni- know, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, going over the hill, in the Hollywood. valley, yeah. yeah, and that's the usual LA like, problems. Two, 20, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but it's good to see LA's back and congested. Um, but uh, <laughs> never I never thought want, we'd be happy to see that. I, I never think I would either. I, I was happy for a second, and I'm like, God damn it, I gotta get this fucking <laughs> in these places. We can do the show. Um, I did want to talk briefly before we get on to, uh, to Chris here, um, this, the segment that we, that we did, uh, you know, I want to do it. I want to do it. daily. Uh, excuse me. I want to do it once per show, but then, you know, we got better things to talk about, but, uh, my that, girlfriend, that's
1: how radio goes. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's whatever
0: is uh, we're talking about. We talk about. Sure. Right? Yeah. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so we did the segment called crazy, stupid news or stupid news. Um, and my girlfriend, Carrie. Uh, brought this to my attention uh, the other day. And it's uh, the headline is, and it's, I think it's an old old headline, but I think it got rehashed recently. Woman strangled sister's boyfriend after injecting him with meth. Let me reread that. Woman, in- <laughs> woman strangled sister's boyfriend after injecting him with meth. Then her sister married their dad. Yeah. On. That's a mouthful. Uh, and so basically, if this thing wants to load so I can read it, um, uh, apparently... It was a, a dinner night uh, somewhere in, let me see here, in Boone, North Carolina. Now, United States is a very big <laughs> place, and there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on, but this doesn't surprise me that it happened to someone in the
1: South in Boone, North Carolina. Um, this is this is a story that you would go, oh, it happened out in the Boons. Yeah, it happened out in the Boons <laughs> in and Boone, it, North Carolina. <laughs>
0: yeah. Welcome. So... Uh, <laughs>
1: One of those days. One know. of
0: those days. So, uh, apparently, uh, uh the following, the, the guilty pleads the convictions of her father and her sister. Um, apparently, uh, wait, hold on. I got to read the story. I, I read the story and then I forgot about it, but apparently, um, this woman, 33, uh, Hari, I think I'm saying it right. 33, of Boone, North Carolina pleaded guilty to second degree murder in 2019 death of McGuire 38, who was, who was 30 years old. Uh, sister Amanda McClure and McGuire were a couple at the time of his murder inside the inside the home where she lived and with their father Larry McClure senior uh, who's from West Virginia so this is even making more sense now like more states are getting involved where incest yeah. it, you know it's it, it's incest um so apparently this woman this woman killed her sister's boyfriend. Well,
1: well, well, Zach, here. Let's let's. In their defense, the next sentence says the couple were in quotes coming off meth pretty hard. So <laughs> now, I want to put that point in there. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> and you know, you know. Uh, listen, when you're coming off meth, I've never done meth, but I imagine it's going to be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. And you do some, you know, unfortunate wild things. Um. Now. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I just, <laughs> I, I don't it's know fun. what I don't I don't know people. I don't know what's weirder is that it's it's the sister married the dad, or killed the brother with meth. Like what is stranger mm. in this? Like what's evil? She killed she killed the uh, her sister's boyfriend. Yeah, with yeah. meth. That's yeah. that's extremely fucked up. Right. But then she was like, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna match this. I'm gonna marry right. my stepdad.
1: Now, yeah, it seems like, you know, they got th- like whatever moral thing you're going to face <laughs> when you, whatever that happens, you, you, they're going to have to throw the book at them. <laughs> that's, yeah, absolutely. Are very different uh, uh,
0: yeah. charges. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's just, I, I'm not saying, I don't know. I want to say it's funny. It's just stupid. It's just <laughs> stupid. It's just incredibly, like, there's been a lot of stupid shit that's happened over the past however many decades, all right, including this year. But this to me just stuck out it struck me I should say um it, it's just it's just ridiculous uh, I'm just you know I'm continuing reading the article I'm, ca- I'm catching snippets you know uh, and it's just like what the father was I don't know the father's involvement it's kind of wild yeah you, you guys check out, check out this article if you yeah. can. I don't want to get into it yeah it's just it's wild but um Damn I wonder man. if I have that drop of stupid news. <laughs> yeah, this there, is this, this is, the this, is the one. Perfect, <laughs> this is the perfect this is the perfect soundbite for this. This is absolute. Yeah, let me let me read that. Uh, that's not the perfect soundbite. <laughs> no, sorry. Me, re, me, <laughs> play that again. Play that again. Play that. Women strangled sister's boyfriend after injecting him with meth. Then, her sister married their dad. Like that's how that's how we should have started it.
1: And then we go, yeah oh this is the stupid news one sorry my uh my board's not
0: labeled anymore. no 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 yeah but this this wasn't yeah okay that that that, that but that's that's not as yeah this yeah. is more no
1: it's scary it stupid
0: news yeah. scary stupid news is where this belongs I I just and you look at the you know they have their they have their mug shots all of them they're very, they're just very fun people they look <laughs> like they know they don't know how to smile. But they know how to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. I don't think they know how to stop having. And this happened. Time. This happened around Valentine's Day. This is last year, apparently. But this happened around Valentine's Day, so I think there was an update to it. I'm trying to find the update. But yeah, this is kind of crazy, man. Uh, you know, I hope I hope none of you did this on Valentine's Day this past year. You know, a couple weeks ago. Um, again, we talked about how I'm not a fan of Valentine's Day. But uh, I would never do anything like this. <laughs> I would never come hard <laughs> off of meth um, and do something stupid like this. But, but
1: you gotta um, say, you know, you haven't walked a mile in their shoes, so you don't know what it's like, Zach. I, <laughs> I can't wait to get the hate comments on this one.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to continue talking about this. Let's uh, let's 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 you know what we'll do? i are gonna reset here we're gonna uh, get Chris on I want to have a nice lengthy conversation with him I want to get delve into his whole world of you know how he got to where he is and you know and and, and what you know his successes so uh we'll be right back joining us now uh, good friend of mine uh, wonderful talent comic human being lovely father I mean I you're a fantastic dad uh, thank Chris, you Chris O'Neill Chris O'Neill. Thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me, my good friend. I'm so excited. I know.
0: It's been a minute. It's been a minute since, we, since we've seen each other. Uh, I think the last yeah. time I saw you in person uh, was when you were performing in the Book of Mormon. Uh, yes. I uh, Which we'll get into in a minute. I want to get into like that whole thing. But I saw you. My my good friend who was uh, director of Zach and Me, uh, the web series that I uh, was in and helped produce. I
2: am a huge fan. I want to get into that as well. Oh, fantastic. We will. We will. He had tickets
0: to, uh, to the show. And I had totally slipped my mind. I knew you were on the um, the traveling the traveling uh, tour and yeah. I told, I think it was right when you maybe it was a year into it you just got uh, onto the broad the main stage the Broadway stage right yeah yeah and I was like geeking out because I was like I didn't I, I reached out to you but I did not know if you saw my Facebook message and I was like oh my god I'm coming to the show tonight I would love to see you and I was telling my friend the whole time like I know Chris I was like I perform with Chris you know I've seen him perform on stage you know I met him through this sketch you know I met him you know through uh, through sketch comedy through comedy in New York. And yeah. he was like, "I don't believe you. I don't believe you." And I was like, "Oh man, we got to go. Hopefully, you were going to be outside, you know, uh, shaking and, and 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 you know, signing autographs, and you were." And I saw you, and I was like, Chris. I'm like, oh my god! And it was just, it was an epic moment. But
2: uh, it's just so weird. Yeah, the whole it's like life's it's a, crazy, man. Dude,
0: I'm 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 just I. It's crazy. It's crazy. You're 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 doing incredible things. I mean, what you've done and what you are doing. I just i admire it and you know i really want to you know in this interview i want to go from the beginning here you know where did it all start i mean i know you and chris, it started with chris and paul i feel or unless I'm I'm, yeah. I'm 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 missing that but i feel like it started with uh your your comedic partner uh your stage partner paul valenti and paul what, valenti. 98
2: 97 299 yeah we met uh, what do we meet 99 we met through a mutual friend and back in our, in our hometown where we're both living now actually and uh yeah, he just wanted to put together a sketch troupe. But I didn't even know what that was. Like a, a year before that, my friend got me into like local improv shows. And I'm like, "What? what's improv? So I was just kind of like, I don't know what any of this is. But it's, you know, I did a couple of shows and it was just fun. And we would go on stage and we were like, fuck. And like everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> hilarious. And I'm like, I'm going to be the next big thing, you know, and, like that kind of crap. When you're like 15, 16. Course. and course. Uh, yeah, and then I met Valenti, and then uh, yeah, he told me about his dreams of being a famous sketch comedian. <laughs> and uh, you guys are, in my, I mean, you guys are, period.
0: You guys are very yeah. <laughs> famous sketch comedians. So, um, but when, when did you take? I mean, were you in theater? Because I know you have, you know, you you do music. Were you in theater
2: uh, in in high school and college? Yeah, and I I, uh, I was a horrible student. Everything was like I was a soccer player, and I was like oh, I want to be a professional soccer player. That was like my whole dream. Mine too. And I I have a lot of teachers in my family, like my mom's teacher, my aunts, my brother now is a teacher. I mean, my grandfather was like the principal administrator of our town. I mean, like the mayor of our town, basically. So it was like very school centric. But my dad went to Juilliard, and he and he's like this amazing musician. Uh, who you know when. You know, my mom got pregnant with me. He was like, "I need to just settle down and work." I'm gonna be, you know, he was a mailman for years, and so he would be a mailman all day and then gig at night. Um, so he was that one person that was kind of like, "Give me a thumbs up, like, hey, listen to your mother because she knows what she's talking about." Right. But like, hey, all right, you know, when I started to do <laughs> comedy shows, but like, yeah, I mean, I got kicked out of, uh, kicked off the soccer team, and my mom put me in concert choir. Cause that was the only other, like she figured I can pass that if I just shut up because I was failing everything else. Right. Um And then, yeah, from then on, they were like, you want to go in a, a musical at, at the school? And I, I was just like, high school sucks. I'm never going to survive. So I was just like, at that point I was saying yes to everything. Right. And they threw me in the back of uh, this musical. And I was like, these people are just like me. Like these people are like crazy and, and weird and stupid and amazing and fun. And, and I, and it was like, it was, I don't know what it was, but something in my brain, like, it, I just was like, this is super cool. And from then on, I kind of was in, in the background in every musical from then on. And then I kind of made that shift to comedy and yeah, my senior year of high school, Paul and I put on a, a sketch. Our fir- my first sketch comedy show was at, um, my senior year of high school, the wow. Chris O'Neill comedy show. Wow. And it was like, yeah, we like, we had all year to promote. And Paul and I are like, this is when Paul and I like put together like a little troupe with our buddies and, uh, we got, you know, he got me into kids in the hall. So I was super, like, studying them. And yeah. I'm obsessed yeah. with them. Um Yeah, and we, like, Paul's dad worked for a limo company at the time. And we're, like, we kind of dropped a, a hint that back then when it wasn't so taboo, Bill Cosby, one of our buddies, did a great Bill Cosby <laughs> impression. And yeah. we're, like, Bill Cosby might there might be there. We, like, dropped that rumor. And it actually, like, went crazy in the school. They were, like, Bill Cosby's going to be. And I was, like, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. So we we doubled down on it and we uh we spent like 150 dollars on a limo to drive us and pull up in the front of the school and every, just to make it look like Cosby was there and there's a we promoted for a year so there's a bunch of people out there and then Paul and I run out like <laughs> and they were like uh f you guys did you record and that yeah, at that, all
0: do you have that at all recorded anywhere
2: I do I oh, amazing, do amazing. I do and my mom like i think my dad's recording it and, he, and we just hear everyone like, oh, who's in the thing? Oh. And then you see me run through, and my dad's like, oh, my God. And you just hear everyone go, "Ah!" Like, everyone's just like <laughs> so bummed. They're like, what an asshole. And, uh, but that show was like it – was, it was nuts, man. Like, that was the night where, you know, I went from, like, hating high school, feeling like I was never going to make it, and it was, like, my senior year. The prom was the night before, so we just wore the tuxes to the show. Like – just to make us look real cool and profesh. And I was like, it was like on top of the world. It was amazing. And, and I feel like
0: you guys have kept something, something of that, like formal attire when you guys do your shows, you guys have this very un, uniform look, you know, between yeah, you I, and Paul.
2: I don't even know where that came from. It just I, don't, I honestly don't know. Like Paul used to pretend to be our manager when we were <laughs> in his apartment uh in in Stanford Connecticut he would be like he'd call a club and be like hey I got this this hot new two-man act you know coming free from Connecticut you, you know yeah you, you got to check and they were like yeah yeah okay tell them to bring 10 people bye you know what I mean <laughs> so we're, like, we're going to New York and and then from then Paul and I would write our bits on the train going to New York um and we would bomb horribly and we like, we loved it. We're like, this is so cool. We're living like that New York, you know, it it was just, to us, it was like a dream come true.
0: What was your, what was your first place that you went to in New York that you performed at that you remember?
2: New York comedy club. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I remember that side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Second Avenue, like 24th street maybe.
0: Yep, I remember New York comedy. I don't think it's there anymore, right? I don't know.
2: I don't, it, it, who knows what's around anymore now? But uh, yeah, man, it was like, we, you know, we'd go on a bringer show. So we'd be on it like the show would start at seven and we get on at like 1230 and we had to catch the like one o'clock train at Grand Central. So like we would do a five minute horrible act for like two drunk people. And then there were two, then, there
0: were two rooms in there, too. Right. There was like there a real narrow room that was like a wall that you set in front of with a mirror and like I think yes. it was the open mic. And then they had their main stage because I used to go with. A mutual friend a D Blotman to that opening. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, and then we go on super late at night and uh we, we and we thought it was the coolest thing. Like we thought, I mean, then we'd race to the train and we were like just buzzed from like just we can't believe we just did that and didn't even care that we didn't do well. We thought we may have done well, but we it was like it was literally trial and error, you know, and there was yeah. a lot of falling on our face, but kind of like having a fun attitude about it and be like, this is what it's supposed to be and yeah, man, it took years to figure out what, you know, what our act was. Absolutely. Now,
0: do you – now, I, I always – I asked this I asked to Adam uh, Hamway the other day. Like, do you wish – because, again, you did this, you know, in high school. We were both in high school on the same time, Ninety, you know, 96, 97, 98, 99. Do you kind of wish, yeah. Uh, you know, we had access to, like, a lot of comedians or, you know, up-and-coming comedians or young guys, young people have with, like, YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, like, being able to make – these type of videos that you can make now and just post them to get like even, I feel like word would travel so much faster.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I kind of dig the way it all came about. I feel like uh, our age, like our generation, you know, we were in the city grinding it out when YouTube blew up, you know, it was like 2006, about or whatever. And, uh, you know, you would see things like that pop up and like, what's, what is YouTube? And oh my God. And, you know, I I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the way it all happened because right now I look at it and maybe it's just cause I feel like an old fart, but like, I'm like, I don't, I can't even keep up. You know what I mean? Like viral videos are like popping up. Like the guy makes a, you know, he can make a waffle and throw it on a cat and then it's like a bajillion. <laughs> and then meanwhile I'm spending like 25 years trying to figure out how to freaking get, you know, the, the right joke of this pun, you know, the right punchline. Right. know uh, so it's like, I, I feel like I'm j- I just missed that cusp of like, I, and just like before we got on here, I'm like I always feel like like with technology, I always feel like a step behind. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I, I dig I dig the way it was. I I love the live shows and uh, I feel yeah, like I don't it, know. I feel like I get too overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's a talent. I feel like it's a different. It's a different. I look at stage performance as opposed to you know whatever you want to you know digital performances are completely different it's a different medium and i feel like it's a different talent yeah. and i i feel like really good talented people are the ones that can not perform on stage that can you know really act you know because i you know not to take anything away from the people that make comedy strictly for digital platforms but you know you can redo a take you can do it over and over again where right. you know sketch comedy is something that you got to practice before you get on stage, you know, to hit those beats, to hit those notes. And yeah. you know, I, I feel like you don't, I mean, now, especially with COVID and everything, you're not, you're not seeing that as much as you used to. It's all going to, you know, TikTok, which like you said, it's like a guy throwing a waffle on a cat and it gets like, you know, 3 million, <laughs> 3 million I got to look that
2: up. I, that, I just threw that out there. <laughs> you
0: know, it's there. If not, you have to make it with your kids. I,
2: I have to make, that might be, that might be the thing that like, I, I might go viral tonight. I'm going to, I don't have a cat. <laughs> I'll let you go buy a waffle, and I'll buy a, a cat. cat. <laughs> and start throwing shit at it.
0: Right? Uh, yeah, the next day you were turned up like, hey, listen, this cat's defective. It doesn't like having <laughs> yeah. waffles thrown at it. Uh, can just, I get a refund? No? Okay. It's, uh, it's, I guess it's, kids were stuck with a cat. It's
2: sticky and smells delicious. What did you do to this thing, sir? Oh, man. i like tell my wife, like, okay, baby, I love you so much. I got to throw w- waffles at a cat. It's not the time to ask questions. Just start recording. And I just start throwing them at neighborhood cats. <laughs> And then hey, kids, that's that guy. Your
0: kids go to school and they tell the teachers, like, yeah, what did you do this weekend? We threw waffles at cats with daddy. That's
2: the thing. I have a six year old and you have to really be careful about anything you say because the way they, it's like the, a terrible game of telephone. Yeah. Cause you can say one thing to your kid and then the way they say it to their class, you're like, you're gonna get me arrested. Like, what are you taught? I, I, I took my shirt off once she walked in. She goes, oh, daddy was naked. And I, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. Daddy was not naked. My shirt was off. Like, you got, it's all in the details, sweetheart. If you want if you want a father, you must <laughs> learn how to play the game here.
0: Please, please. But, uh, let's, we'll, we'll talk about shirt off. That's not naked. That's just, you know, topless. Well, you know, we'll go that way.
2: Right. What about when you threw a waffle at a cat? That is true. I can't, I can't, well, defla- I threw a waffle at a cat. There's no way It was hungry that.
0: and I wanted to force feed it. And I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> And now we're rich, so shut up.
0: <laughs> um, now, uh, for a lot of people, what your 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 guys' comedy style uh, would be described as vaudeville, correct? Is that yeah, what people is of, that what I mean, is that what people describe it as? I mean, I, I,
2: that's the weird thing. Which we, I feel like we're like kind of like a hybrid kind of a thing, yeah. like. We love the, you know, what Paul Paul and I really bonded over like the our love of like the old school guys, like Buster Keaton, yeah. you know, Laurel and Hardy, all those classics. Um, because I would grow I grew up kind of watching them. They'd be on TV late night. And um we liked clean humor. We liked how not just language-wise, but we we liked the art of it. We liked the here's the setup and here's the punchline, and here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, and here's the and it was easy to follow along and then kind of what we we try to figure out how to like turn that on its head. So in our act, you know, I'm, I'm the angry, you know, curmudgeony straight man right. and Paul's the, the, the lovable doofus. Um, And a lot of our scenes, you know, we, we kind of launch from that, like, you know, that classic two man act, but we, tr- our, our material always takes a dark twisty, you know, like a dark twist. Um, yeah. Yep. So it seems innocent. It's almost like a live cartoon where, you know, when you look at Looney Tunes, it's so incredibly violent. Yeah, but dynamite, like,
0: all this stuff.
2: But people it's are blowing key- up. They're getting off a of bridge. They're getting explode. All this crap is happening. They're getting. It's insanely violent. And but it's like, oh, it's a bird. And it's like, oh, there's happy classical music over it. So I love that style of like setting setting that stage and kind of walking the audience one way, going, here's what you think is happening. We like it's like a game with the audience where you know we like to lead them one way so they go oh it's a scene in a dentist's office and then the twist is something completely different and they're like this isn't a dentist office at all what the-? and then we do a quick blackout and then we're on to the next scene so you know but uh it's and it's fun so when i'm writing these bits it's fun to like how am i gonna outsmart these audience the audience member this yeah day? and that's
0: that's why i want to ask like when you're writing these things are you you know you're what do how are you writing them? How are you coming up with these ideas, generating it, and and making it a, a series and a string of a show? And are you guys improvising a lot of it after you guys have written it?
2: Yeah, my, I whenever I write, I always everything is kind of spawned from like music. So it literally is classical music. There's a lot of music in our show, yeah. and it's kind of like based. It's kind of how I write. So you know, if I hear a nice classical piece. I go okay. So what can what what do I see to this music? You know, because in class in music in general, but especially classical music, you can really the the rhythms change and and there's emotion within the music. You know, there's there's the it gets, the crescendo kicks in and something's scary, but then it gets sweet and then it takes you on its own little journey. Um, so I kind of try to match the sketch with that and um, a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just kind of for music and and I'll basically pitch it to Paul and. One thing I'll say about Paul, uh, other than all these other great things I can say about him, he's completely fearless. And yeah. you know that Paul is one of those guys that he's just—he just doesn't. Care. If it'll get a laugh, he'll, he'll do it. Yeah. And Paul and I, over the years, have formed this trust with one another where, uh, if I go, Paul, I really think that this is going to land if you do it like this, and he'll go, Yeah, okay. Yeah. I have fears on stage. I don't have that like blind, just like oh, I'm just going to whatever. I'm very reserved it, compared to Paul. Um, I mean, we were doing a sketch block, the one of those shows we used to do together, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. years ago. I forget what the hell happened, but I was like, Paul's playing a waiter, and I and I just kind of whispered to him, "I go, hey, it'd be a lot funnier if you were wearing a thong." I don't remember why. I'm like, can you like <laughs> take your pants off and like wedge your underwear up your ass? And this was about a minute before we went on. He was like, yeah, okay, and just took his pants off and wedged and went on stage and got this huge laugh. And he so it. it it's nice having that kind of person to uh, to kind of play with, because you know I can say, hey, Paul, I'm thinking this, and he's like, I trust you. Let's let's do it. And and it's and it's unbelievable. I mean, it's I, I'm very lucky to have someone who's who just doesn't give an ass. You know, he just he's, he just goes for it.
0: He's the ultimate comedic partner. He's the ultimate improv partner. Yes, and he doesn't question. He doesn't say no. He just oh. goes with it.
2: And he usually is the one that gets. If you ever look at our bits, you know, he's the one that gets the milk dumped on him or slapped or yep. he's naked or he, so he de- he definitely earns it but you know there's a reason why I'm usually clean at the end of our shows because I'm like <laughs> hey Paul I'm gonna need you to do something real horrible right now and he's like yeah sure let's do it <laughs> sure why not or oh, whatever it is yeah
0: let's do it <laughs> Um, now when it, you know, you said that, you know, you started off going into New York comedy club and, you know, going from Connecticut into New York to do these clubs. When did you start to feel that like what you guys were doing was clicking, that like the audience was appreciating it and you, you were feeding off the audience. Like, okay, we got this, let's improve it to here. You know, when was that happening? Cause I feel like when I started doing it, it took about a year, maybe even longer, two years for me to really put pieces together. And even maybe even yeah. like, it depends on what I was doing, but stand up, it took me longer, but with Sketch, it took me about two years.
2: Really? Yeah. I feel like you may have been at the show when everything clicked, to be honest. Um, we in in our hometown, um, there's this woman at our local community theater where Paul and I met, um, Susie Lynch, who is our mentor. She's this dry, incredibly witty, sweet, uh, maybe she's 75, I guess now. Wow. Just just super quick woman and um she was teaching some improv classes and so we took her classes and just fell in love with her and i would go to her every day i would just go to the community theater and sit and just pick her brain and i'd say here's what's going on in my life and here what do you think about this and and she kind of just gave me this great advice and she would watch paul and i rehearse some of our bits and she, uh we had a troupe that we put together and she was the only person and this is back when like we would do f- shows for friends, and they were like, "That's great!" And no one gave you, you know what I mean? It was yeah. everyone was being nice, and she was the only person to ever go, "I don't get it." Eh, no, I don't like it. And I was like, "Who the fuck is she?" You know, like I, <laughs> I was like seventeen. I'm like, she doesn't even get it because she's old and she doesn't know. And like, I love her, but like, she doesn't understand what I'm trying to, you know, like my seventeen little frail ego, you know. And of I'm course. like, she and. She would just go that, you know, it should black out right there. There's no reason for, she would just give me like these hard edits. like no... And I'm like, what do you mean cut it, you know, cut the, the scene here? I've got like seven more pages of great material. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that kind of crap where everyone needs to hear this. And Paul and I, it, it took a long, long, long time. And uh, we had one sketch in particular that was the sketch where we we're like, oh my God, she was right all along. And there's, to this day, there are moments where Paul and I go, oh. <gasps> Susie, she was right, she was right again. And this sketch was called Taxi Robert. It's a stupid sketch, but I love it because it's the sketch that um, really was the thing that made everything click for me. And it's, Paul's on stage and he's hailing a cab. He's like, taxi, taxi, hey taxi. And I come up and I go, yeah? And he looks at me and he goes, "Can, can I help you? And I go, oh, you called me? And Paul goes, I said, hey taxi. And I said, Oh, I think you said hey Robert. And it's like, that's kind of the sketch and then and then and then it went on like, well, I'm here now. Can I get in the blah, blah blah blah? And then it just cut like all the garbage fat that and I said, what if we just cut it at I think you said hey Robert and then we just throw a blackout. And we I feel like we did I feel like we did it that night at Sketchblock. I feel like you guys were there. Yeah. And uh, well, and I- it went over really well.
0: Yeah. And, and it was and- like
2: oh, that's it.
0: Yeah, and I and I and I remember seeing that sketch. I remember seeing, you know, similarities in other sketches. Like I remember you guys doing the, um, oh god, what what's – Oh, I remember it's one where it's, you know, you're calling up. It looks like a woman. A Paul uh, Paul's dressed with a wig, and it's you, know, you guys are on separate <laughs> sides of the, separate sides of the stage. And it's like this scene where you're just like you're sitting there and you're, you're calling her and she's just like looking at her phone oh. longingly and puts it <laughs> yeah. down. And it's really well done. It's with music. There's no real dialogue whatsoever until yeah. the very end about, you know, a minute into it where you just literally, you know, you break a fourth wall, you go upstairs and you yell. You're like, Rachel, it's time for dinner. Like, oh, Jesus, dad. And it lights <laughs> up. <laughs> right, you know right, right. I mean? and, I, and I love that. I love these like. This you know because I think people expect more and they're like oh my god here it is and it's just it's done and people are like oh that's hysterical like they don't think about it because they're used to seeing longer longer sketches or you know deliberate yeah. or SNL type things you know what I right. mean right yeah
2: um yeah the thing that I really like found fascinating because you know comedy is such I'm, it, I'm such a nerd about it but it's it really is such a science and you know yeah. I mean you've done like a bunch of different versions of you did stand up you did improv you did sketch all this stuff and it's like if someone's telling you a joke. Especially stand up, and they, I mean, ever so slightly trip up on the setup. Just, I mean, a hair. It's not funny anymore. No, you've lost them. They, you, you, they fell off the ride. Yep. And it's amazing how fragile it is. Yep. And that's what I love about it. And I love the psychology of when you go on stage. You know, I feel like an audience kind of sits back and they go, "I'm going to let you know if you're funny or not. I got the power, and this is what I'm going to do." And what I like to do with Paul was, you know, and, you know, I read Andy Kaufman books and kind of study it up on his whole, all his crazy antics. And it's kind of taken the power away from the audience. So you go up on stage and there'd be times where we'd go up and we'd spend eight minutes just setting up the stage in silence and doing like little gags, like subtle gags. But the audience would laugh. And what that, what, what that was Telling them was like we're on our time, and they liked that because then their their guards dropped, and they go, okay, well we they're not we're not we're not you know necessary at the moment, so we get to just sit back and watch these guys do whatever they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do, so we might as well just relax and sit. And and that was such a, a huge thing that I figured out uh, with Paul. Where I was like, it's messing with the audience and taking away the power. Yep. And when you cut a scene. Short, they laugh, going, "That's it, what?" And then the lights are on, and you're in the next sketch, and you basically throw them off. So now they're they're defenseless, and they're like, "I don't know what's happening." And they like it's it's like they like it's fun, and it's it's a game, it's a back and forth kind of game, and um, that's why a lot of our sketches are, you know, the the crowd tries to figure out what's happening in the sketch because they go, "Whatever I'm thinking this is right now, it's definitely not that." And it's fun, and then it's when the the blackout hit hits, and they laugh, and we try to run into the next sketch, and kind of keep that. You know, we never let them settle back down.
0: Yeah, that's good, and that's and that and you know, obviously, that's completely different than, than stand up. I feel like stand up, you need, you know, it's 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 the same thing where you're like you're trying to hit that joke, and if you you know miss a cadence, miss a note, you know, yeah. an inflection in your voice, then the audience doesn't get it. But the audience different. I think what's different here is the audience. You know, they'll it will throw off the rest of your standup set where with Sketch, you you just onto the next one. You know, you don't even have, right. you don't even give the audience members a chance to breathe. You're already to the next thing where with standup, it's like, Oh, maybe my next thing's tied into this joke. And I already messed up this joke.
2: Oh, you know? I can't, and, I, I was too scared to ever do standup. Like I did it a, a like maybe 10 times, maybe. And, uh, I, I, yeah, it was too scary for me. I always needed to do a character or I always needed to have a filter or yeah. something that kind of like, you know, kept the uh, audience set, hands, re- you know what I mean? Like one bit I, I used to do was like, uh, hey, I'm not supposed to be here right now. Honestly, I'm not I'm not the comic. My buddy's just running late. This is like the first thing I ever did for stand up. And it wasn't even stand up. was like a bit. Um, and it was like, I I don't want him to lose his his spot, but I do know his act. Like I'm at all the shows. So I'm like maybe I can just kind of give you the act right now. I have it right here. And it was just like an angry black stand up comedian's performance where it was just like bashing white people and, bashing, and just getting really angry and I was like this little timid little white dude doing it and like so I had to do things like that because I can never just go up there and just be completely vulnerable right. in that setting. Terrifying. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know.
0: I, you know I, I enjoyed doing it was weird. I, I enjoyed doing stand up. I think it's I had this I had this um, this weird I don't know what do you want to call it like just journey I guess but I really enjoyed doing improv and sketch in New York, you know, because of that same reason, like, you know, I get to play a character, you know, or I get to, you know, em- 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 envelop this character and be someone on stage and have this fun moment that I couldn't do maybe as Zach. And when I was doing stand-up, mm-hmm. in, New- or stand-up in New York, it wasn't that I didn't like doing my jokes. It was just, I think, you know, I, I had to be a certain way. And yeah. I hadn't found my my rhythm. I hadn't found, like, who I was on stage yet. I thought I had to act a certain way to be a stand-up. And then when right. I went to Australia, I just just by just organically, people just loved the fact that I was a New Yorker. I was an outsider. So I just did New York things. And I, I and I just, you know, talked about being from New York and my observations. And I was like, it's your yeah. observations that are, you know, and I really enjoyed doing stand-up there. And I really felt like I came into my own there. When I came back to New York, I or came back to the States, you know, I I wanted to continue doing stand-up, but I felt like I had this such a great experience in Australia where I was performing in, you know, night after night almost in front of like a lot of people, good audiences, where in New York, you have to pack them yourself. In Australia, you didn't have to do that. People just wanted to show up and see things. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, coming back to that, it was just like, I just, I was just like, "Ah, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't want to have to keep, like, I felt like I was, the hustle in New York was focusing so much on getting some people to go to the show that I couldn't focus on the material and it took me out of my game. You know, where Cause it's up
2: to the last second. You're it's kind of did they show up or did I get yeah. my people in? Did they? Uh, you so, can't yeah, go yeah, up I mean, yet. Only eight
0: people are here. Well, we'll put you up at the end. It's like, all right. OK, cool.
2: We'll put you up when they drop the checks. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Well, exactly. Especially like, well, you only brought 10. i was like, yeah, but you told to bring 10. I'm like, yeah, but you could have brought a little bit more.
2: That's like, oh, cool, cool. I would hate. That was the worst was like you do a club and you got this super crazy set list. And like whoever showed up clearly bumped everyone off, of course. Yep. But, like, it was always like, okay, you bring 12 people, you'll get, you know, six minutes, let's say. And it was always like, okay, we got your people here, but oh, yeah, you guys got to keep it to, like, a tight three, all right?
0: Tight <laughs> yeah, <three. exactly. laughs> and then like, But I thought you said ten. Well, I, I, I meant ten, really six, but now it's three because we got uh, keep it tight, though.
2: Keep we keep got it a tight. guy
0: here who's going to really just bring down the house. And people really want to oh. see him. And it's like, all right, sure, but, I mean. You know, it was And it then was, you see
2: that light and you're like, oh, that's it. That's yeah. it.
0: You literally get into like one joke. You're like, hey, what's up? Thanks for everybody coming to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And here's my joke. Oh, and I got to go. There's my time. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> for like, I really appreciate <laughs> right. it. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed my one joke, one and a half jokes.
2: Yeah. Why is that guy's face lighting up red? Here's yeah. The reflection it's just, he must be nervous. <laughs>
0: or someone just in the back with their phone, just like,
2: hey, you're off. Get off. You're yeah. off now. God, I remember that where you look at the light and like the person wasn't getting it or they're too drunk to realize. And then and then it turns into a whole game where you see all the comics coming around going, "Oh no, he's still on." <laughs> and everyone's looking at the light, and everyone's looking at the comic, and everyone's under the manager's there and he's just like, "Get off the stage." And god in this those days. Oh uh, <laughs> man, it was that was those are fun. I
0: love those awkward moments. Um, oh. but uh, one of the, uh, the the festival, you guys went to Chris and Paul together, which is I'm super jealous of. You got to got to go to experience one of my favorite festivals that I got to go to once. Never got to perform in, but got to check out the Edinburgh uh, Fringe Fest. Isn't it the best? It's it's something, and I and I don't, and it's weird. I don't feel like a lot of people from America know about it. I feel like New Yorkers, know yeah. people, you know, New Yorkers, people from Boston, like people that are in comedy scenes that are in sketch know about it. But it's right. really a world festival that you really get to meet a lot of. Fantastic acts and comics and entertainers from around yeah. the world, the UK, Europe, Australia, you know, and it's, it broadens your horizon, I feel.
2: For sure. For freaking sure. I mean, like, I, I, I find that those people who have gone, like, it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been because yeah. it's just, there's something, it sounds so corny, but like, there's like something magical there, right? Like, yeah. you get there. And the the buzz in the air and it's just there's thousands of shows and everyone's performing on the street and it's just this the town, it's everything's so lively and it's just like nonstop craziness yeah. for a month. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and the city itself, it's like I, I it's just weird. It's like this it's it's this beautiful city with these cobblestone roads, you know, yeah. and people are just like, hey, come check out my show. Yeah, I'll come check out your show, come check out my show. And everyone goes and checks it out, and there's just a lot of you know, uh, com- traffic that comes through there for whatever reason, and I, I found out about it, and I found out about fringe. I mean, I knew, always knew about fringe festivals. I heard about New York Fringe and Hollywood Fringe. Yeah, but you don't think about those festivals because there's so much going on in New York. You know, right? That's, exactly. That's the blessing and the curse of being in New York. Is just like, hey, come check out my show? Well, I'll be not like, gonna check it out. I'll be doing shows the rest of the year come free yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. you can and you know well,
2: that's the thing because yeah. it doesn't seem like it stands out. I mean it's like the New York friends you're like in the, you're just hustling in the city anyway. you're like yeah is so what's the show? It's like ah, you've seen it a billion times I'm like ah, okay uh I yeah. got it.
0: And there's tons yeah. of other shows. There's always something going on in New York. So it's like if I don't catch you tonight, I'll catch you on the next night. You know, because this is so much. I mean, you can do in New York. You can knock out you know three to four open mics in the night on a certain night if you wanted to. Yeah, from six from six in the or five in the afternoon to one in the morning. You oh know?
2: man, I remember those. Yeah, I remember those, those, those open too. mics. Those were crazy.
0: And uh. I, I didn't get into this the the concept of what these fringe festivals were until I was in Australia and I attended the Perth Fringe festival, which it was uh, in, I think in its infancy at the time, but it was just yeah. this incredible because you had all these artists come around the world. There were people that were coming from, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, from UK, you know, cause this happened, this, this happens, it's happening right now. Actually it's, you know, from, uh, I think mid January, end of January to end of February. And it's, all these artists from Australia, from New Zealand, from the UK, from, you know, uh, from Asia, all over the world. And then they talk about Edinburgh and they're like, oh, and this is nothing compared to Edinburgh. And I was like, wow, yeah, this yeah. is I'm in I'm loving this. Like I, right. <laughs> I, I, I it was it was I worked the, I worked the festival when I was in Perth. And I got to see all these cool shows. I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm like, what's support yeah, yeah. for artists? You know, like and I just feel like you never Big see you see it in New York. And I don't want to crush New York, but you just I feel like it's just completely different when you experience these festivals.
2: Yeah. And New York's also just there's like you said, it's just it's chaotic. And and a fringe festival's yeah. everything's kind of scattered about their craziness. So it's kind of like hard to it's it's all just crazy. It's in a blender and everything's always just going crazy edinburgh is just like the town like the city just turns into the festival yep. for a month everything's the festival they're do, i mean their shows everywhere bars bathroom i mean everywhere rooftops buses i mean alley e- everywhere it's everywhere epic. it's just insane yeah it's insane. And i'm really
0: hoping it returns to its form you know whenever this yeah. pandemic does end because it's it's, it's, it's oh, truly man. a treasure it's truly a wonderful thing to experience and I encourage yep. anybody that, you know, is into arts and culture or not or needs to get into arts and culture to go check it out. Oh,
2: I um, yeah, I try to tell everyone, like, I mean, it's and it's hard to be like, hey, if you ever get a ticket to Scotland and yeah. have the time to go for a, you know what I mean? Like, it's a hard sell, but it's like if anyone's Especially in, the, in the, the middle of the summer, like, like
0: Scotland in the middle of the summer and you're talking to New York it's like, I'm going to the Hamptons guy. I ain't going to the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Dude, that sucked, man. I, I was like, oh, it's like August. It's the beginning of August. All right, I'm going to show up in my flip-flops and, and uh and shorts and a t-shirt. And I remember we got off the plane the first year, and it was, you know, 41 degrees yeah. and pouring rain. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and yep. we had to wait. Dude, We I think we landed at like 7 in the morning. We couldn't get into our hostel until 3 in the afternoon. So we literally just like got drenched for hours completely sh- like – tired like you know it was like the other side of the world and that was the the kickoff of that experience but yeah it was insane
0: great experience well this experience you know i feel like again you know elevated you guys to you know the next level in your guys career especially yours your part um you know and i want to talk to you about that where you got discovered there you uh for book of mormon correct yeah edinburgh to to come and audition for it
2: yeah, the first year we were there, we got nominated for the uh, best newcomer uh, to the festival. That's right, and we didn't that's even right. know we didn't even know there was awards. So like, we went there and we had like a little flyer, and it had like the wrong. We messed up the wrong, had the wrong information. I mean, it was like a nightmare. You're and foreigners, we didn't know, it's
0: understandable. You know what I mean? You don't, dude, don't know the street addresses and the phone numbers
2: there. Yeah. We didn't know how the, the pound sign. We're like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. We got the time of our show wrong, and we pr- printed these tiny little flyers, and out there people spend like hundreds of i mean they can yeah hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for billboards and this and that yeah and so like you put up a little poster and like two seconds later it's like four inches thick with other posters on top of it right. like it's incredibly because you're just hustling um so yeah we got nominated that year which is incredible and crazy And they invited us back the next year. And yeah, one of the shows, one of the casting directors for Book of Mormon was there and went up to Paul as I'm cleaning up because you have like five minutes to like pack your show up and get the hell out before the next audience comes in for the next show because there's shows all throughout the day. And she went to Paul and she was like, can you guys, hey, real quick, can you guys sing? And Paul, and I'm like wondering where Paul is because like (laughs) we did our uh, cookie sketch that Scott, I mean, it's just a milk and everywhere. cookies and it's just disaster everywhere. So I'm scrubbing I'm like, where the fuck is Paul? God damn it, Paul! You're all true! <laughs> and Paul's, and I see him schmoozing with this woman in the back of the audience and I'm like, come on dude. And uh, Paul's like, yeah sure, we can sing and just kind of said yes of course and Paul just comes back and you know the Paul Valenti like kind of smirk, the smile and he just comes back and he looks like a kid that stole like you know, and I'm like, what? He goes <laughs> and he starts giggling. I'm like call me clean up and he was like, yeah, you know, that was a casting person for Book of Mormon, and I was like, the musical, because that at that point, this was like, I think this was the summer after they won all the Tonys, so it was yeah. like the top of the top of the top. Yep. And uh, yeah, they were like, yeah, they want they want us to audition, and I'm like, and we just started laughing. We we're like, that's fucking hilarious, and because uh, they were trying to cast the Elder Cunningham character, uh, who's like the the. That goofball guy,
0: right? And well, uh, it was G- like, Gad was the original Elder yeah. Cunningham, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paul didn't get our information. What? He, I think he, he, just, he didn't get her information he just got so go, excited he just, like, dude we throw all of our stuff into like our bin and then we go downstairs and we're like covered in milk and cookies and just smell like shit and we're like alright let's well let's drink and party now so we're downstairs I'm like I can't believe this and we're like talking I'm like so like what? so what do we do like what's what's her what's her what's her name and he's like um my Mar- <laughs> Kathy my-. Um, and I'm like and my I just feel oh. like the my soul just leaving my body. Oh and I'm like, God. what's her, what do you have her email? Did you give her a flyer? No. Dude, what, what the, what the fuck, what, what happened? What did you do? Oh, I, and I remember calling my, my, my wife, my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, so we got asked to audition for Book of Mormon. And she starts laughing like what? And I go, and Paul fucking dropped the ball. And we don't know who the woman is. She could have been, she could have just been messing with us. So it was so for about a, I think it was like a month after that we didn't hear anything. Uh, well, a few weeks after that, and uh, yeah, they finally got in touch with us. Somehow found us, and I was like, I I would have murdered Paul. I mean, I was like, I went back to the states like, gutted because oh, the, the like the the festival's over, and I was like, w- maybe we're auditioned. I don't even like I didn't have a headshot. I we didn't like. Mean- it was insane.
0: So then, so they found but, you, and then what happened from there? Did they fly? Yeah. They, did you audition in New York? Where did you guys audition? Yeah. And they what, was the, and what was York. the audition like? Sorry, I want to just get into that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, they audition Paul and I both auditioned, and uh, I didn't have a headshot, so I like my my wife took a picture of me on the roof of our apartment in Queens. And I went to CVS and printed. I'm like, this is so embarrassing, you know. Like, I'm like, what am I fucking doing? And Paul's like, Paul's Mister Optimistic all the time. He's and I'm I'm like mm-hmm. pessimist. I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be embarrassing. So, and the only other experience I had with musical theater was when I was in the background of high school. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I was never a lead, never had any lines really. I was like, you know. And uh, yeah, we showed up and we had like the the Man Up song, which is like the big number, and like just some sides. And I showed up and like. You're, you're walking through these audition studios and you're just hearing these amazing voices bursting through the walls. And I'm like, they don't know what the hell they're doing. This is like, I'm just like, all right, I'm just, I, I wanted to get it over with. I was like, I just want to get out of here and be done with it. So I went in, I handed my headshot that looked like shit. I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, let's just fucking do this. So I like read, read the lines. I kept stumbling. I'm, I'm the worst auditioner ever. And I'm like messing up the words and I'm trying to sing the song. And I'm like, messing the word i'm like oh, okay can i go now I'm like it was over and i was like okay that's over don't have to stress about that anymore and i just remember i, I went back to queens and my mom called she's like how'd it go and i'm like oh god i'm like it's, well it's over it's fine she's like did you get a call back like she thought she was hip because she knew that word like oh. <laughs> and i didn't have an agent or anything so like in the set i went upstairs and i was just like Ugh, i'm so over this like i can't wait to go to the bar tonight and i had an email waiting for me right when i got home and it was like hey we want to bring you in again next you know later this week so i went in again and paul got called back again and yeah it was like three callbacks and they flew us to la and then we auditioned for matt and trey and the whole team and what then i was what
0: was that like auditioning for matt and trey like can you just briefly go over that like what you were thinking like did you get to talk to him at it, all
2: we hadn't even seen the show so we flew out there we saw the 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 show uh, at the pantages and i was like there's no fucking way i can do this <laughs> i was like i started laughing i'm like they're kidding me right and i'm like watching that i'm like okay yep nope, that's it okay i can't wait to get this over every audition was like i can't wait to get this over with because i was just like i don't belong here and the next day paul and i uh it was not it was great that we had each other um and it was also hilarious because we were just like what are we doing here so I went in the room and I, I remember I made them laugh and I was like, I don't care. That's it. That like I can what, die. I can die now. It doesn't matter if I get this or not. There was like Bobby Lopez that frozen and like, oh, oh, wow. Scott Rudin, like big people. I had no idea who anyone was except for them. And then as, and then they were like, Hey, we, we, the musical director wants to see you afterwards to see if you can hit some of the really high notes. And I'm like, well, this is it. Now they're going to find me out. And like, did that and then like i was sitting there i was the last one at the audition because they had me wait and we had to catch a flight and paul's like are you done i go i don't i don't know i don't know it's <laughs> like sitting outside they didn't tell me to leave and i'm like i'm not about to like walk away and then and then trey parker walks out of the room and he's like oh hey man and i go oh <laughs> i'm like about to shit my pants i'm like hey trey parker i go am i supposed should i go Am I should i stay here and he's just like i yeah, i don't know i gotta go pee and then as i was going to the airport afterwards uh i got an email they're like we're interested in you we're gonna audition you for like do a workshop with you for another month so it was a lot of auditions wow. so like uh ben platt and i were auditioning at the same time for two months i guess wow. and then uh yeah, and then, then we you, got and cast. then you got
0: the you got the gig casted on on the 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 travel show is that what you mean the road show yeah
2: a, there's two national tours national tour, thank you yeah he got ben got one of the tours and i got the other tour
0: and how long were and you yeah. how long were you doing that for
2: Two years on the tour, and yeah, two two and a half years on the tour, and then, uh, which was crazy because I was getting really shitty reviews right off the bat because because I was just so like blown. I was like, "This is, I am so out of my league." And really? uh, yeah, with the singing, I wasn't. I mean, luckily that character is kind of like a screwball anyway, yeah. so it didn't, he didn't have to sound like the whole joke was that he's kind of like this disaster. Um, it's one. It's one of my favorite, felt, if, my,
0: if not my favorite musical, because it's just so it's so aw. brilliant
2: it's so it's so sweet too which is the funniest part because yeah. everyone just assumes it's like bashing mormons i'm like no it's like there's That's so much, much heart in it that, that people don't as a when i was doing the show i i it's the weirdest thing it's like there was such a euphoric feeling at the end of every show because when you start the show there's that song it's like uh hasadiga evil which is f you god in the ass mouth and C word. i mean it's like Pretty jarring for people that are like, I'm just gonna Sunday afternoon, let's go to the theater, and they're like, Oh my god, what is this? And by the end of the show, it didn't matter where we were. At the end of every single show, we're doing the final number, and everyone we're doing clapping on stage, and the whole crowd, I, it's like everyone's clapping, and people, some are crying and holding each other and hug. I mean, it's like it was, it was like incredible. I mean, it was incredible, and uh, it was, it was like, it's surreal that I was even in it. It has still, honest to God, it sounds so corny. Like, it still hasn't hit me that I was a part of that for that long. It's
0: incredible. It, it, and I love – and it's it's just, again, I'm just it, – I'm so happy that it happened to, like – it couldn't happen to a better person, you know? And, oh, thanks, man. I mean, how do they – so – you said that you got you got terrible reviews in the beginning, and you were on it for two years. What? How do they make no. the decision from going from the national tour to to Broadway? Like, what is that decision like? Do they just call you up and like, "Hey, guess what, Elder," the oh. guy who's playing Elders now is done, and we want you to play it, or do you have to re-audition? Like, what is that?
2: Well, it was funny. I still hadn't had. I didn't have an agent when I got the show. I st- and the headshot that I had in the playbill was that CVS picture that I my wife took. <laughs> really, so, the one that's
0: because I, yes. I had that
2: playbill. I still have that playbill. Yeah, that's that's the picture on my roof. The, the, yeah, that's that's the same. He- I don't have a new headshot. That's the still. That's what I still go to auditions with. If I ever go to auditions, is with that. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, it was like it started off. They were like, "Wow, the show is fantastic!" and da da And this was like the first national tour, so it was it had a sit down in L.A. for a while, and then I took over from there. So like, it was the first time this show was being shown all over the country out, outside of Broadway, and it was like. I felt like I was like part of the face of it. And I'm like, I I don't know if I'm doing this right. And the, they were like, this. he wasn't up to par with, with the, the other leads. on st-. And I'm like, and everyone's like, don't read any of that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I, ha- I just had, I got obsessed with it. And uh, I just, I don't know what the hell happened. I had this amazing voice teacher that s- kept me in the show forever. Just because you were singing eight times a week. And it's like, you're singing... Through your, I mean, it's insanity. I can't imagine uh,
0: the the stress it causes on your
2: voice in general. It's just the the stress in general was like something incredible because it's not like I got the show. And that's like when the work actually started. It was like the most amazing, it was so amazing, but uh, equally kicked my ass. But yeah, two years and then uh, found out that there was uh, Gavin Creel, who's like a a big, broad guy, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and, and most talented guy you'll ever meet. He was. The rumor was he was going to Broadway. He was go because uh, he was he was a, the original Elder Price on the tour that I took over for. Okay. So he and the Cunningham went over to London when it opened out there, and then I filled in for them and then continued on with their tour. So he was coming back and he was going to jump on my tour and then go to Broadway with whoever that Cunningham was. So I'm on the show for two years. I finally started getting good reviews and like I got confidence and everything kind of worked out really well. Um, I got a, I won a Helen Hayes Award, which was like ridiculous. In DC, Amazing. just stupid, I just love stupid, it. like just so dumb. And I'm like, this is okay. And then they were like, so we got they we got the call again. This two and a half years in, I feel confident. I'm like, my wife was on tour with me. It was like we're feeling good. And then uh, my agent was like, hey, you know, you got to go back to New York to uh, uh, audition again. And I was like, what? I don't understand. So they took every price and every Elder Cunningham. And they brought them all to New York for a weekend, for to to miss the mix and match. Wow. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I was like, if I don't. And then the, ru- the rumor got out that Gavin was going to Broadway, within our so every, like Ben was there, everyone was there, and it was like, okay, so he's gonna come onto my tour with whoever they match him with, and then those two are going to Broadway. So if I don't match with him, I'm gonna get. I guess kicked off of my tour and I'll never make it to Broadway with the show. And that, you know, that was like a long shot, but I was like, God, that would be amazing. And I auditioned. I was so nervous. It's two and a half years in and I felt like I was auditioning for the first time. And then I remember I was in Columbus and my agent called me and I was like, oh, oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And, uh, I had, I had a, my, my kid on tour and she was like two months old, three months old at the time. And he was like, so we went over the the negotiating for the next contract. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he's like, so they're going to give you a new, you know, like little things. Because they were like, what do you you want? I'm like, I just don't want to get fired. Like, that's all I said to him. I don't want anything. Just don't. I just want to stay on. I just want to stay on. Yeah. And he was like, he goes, well you're not, they're, they're canceling your, your trunks and like, whatever, I, they're canceling your cars on the road. And I'm like, oh no. Okay. He goes, cause you're going to Broadway. And I was like, wow. Wow. dude, bald. I, I was like, I, I couldn't, he was laughing. He was like, this is great. Right. And I'm like, I got, got, got. and my wife and her dad was, they were in the restaurant and I'm like, like ugly. And people are walking, people walking by me doing that. Like, Jesus, you know, like one of those, like, okay, everyone, everyone. someone just comes over, Downtown and says, it's
0: going okay. to be okay.
2: People were like, that boy needs Jesus. They were like, what the-? and I'm like, ah, hey. and, and, and he's like, and he's like, Hey, he goes, why don't you give me a call back? Why don't you give me a call back? And, and it was the same thing when they, when I got the show, because yeah. I didn't have an agent at that time. they, they called me and told me, and it was right after hurricane Sandy and so I didn't hear anything for a while. And I was like, I was like, I'm just, I'm an ugly crier. I get, I get, I, I'm super emotional. I, I've never but seen I, a beautiful just,
0: crier, I'll be honest with you.
2: <laughs> oh, it was, and it, it was just one of those like, it was just, it just, it's it just insane. I mean, it was just totally insane. I'm so lucky to be part of that. I can't wait to like tell my daughters when they they're old enough to get it. Yeah, that's what I'm so excited about. Yeah, I want because that to you be know because the, the
0: show's going to be going on when they're they're older. They're told you know what I mean, and yeah. you're gonna and then, and that's just an experience that uh, it's going to be yeah. so special, man. It's going to be so incredible. Yeah, special. I can,
2: that, that's what I can't wait. But uh, and whenever I when Paul and I had the chance when I was in New York, we would run downtown to like St. Marks and and do a set and like the funniest thing was being in that show as amazing and sur- like genuinely surreal as it was Paul and I doing our act I go there's not it doesn't top it yeah. Paul and I doing our-, our show I was like I feel more alive doing our show than than doing I mean it sounds so like douchey but it- I- sincerely it was like cuz it was ours you know what I mean I almost felt like an imposter doing someone else's material they're like wow you're you're really funny in that show I go it's because Matt, Matt Stone, Trey Parker yeah. wrote it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. say the words that they tell me to say, and. Uh, but this is
0: something you and Paul have. This is something you and Paul. This have. is
2: yeah, and this is our baby. And then, uh, and yeah, and Paul and I are gonna be going for you know. I, I don't see us slowing down. Anytime. No,
0: and and you know, real quickly because I, I don't want to keep you any more any longer. But I just you know, oh, with you and with you and Paul. After that, you guys got to be on NBC's Bring the Funny. Yeah. And that's you know I, I I was when I when I saw that when I heard that when I got to watch you it brought me a sense of pride and you guys made it to the finals right you mean that's that's you were yeah. final you were final because I forget how the I feel like there were three finalists and then they just decided right is that how it was there was there was four
2: finalists okay. and then uh, and then they had a, like a wild card who, who had previously okay. been eliminated to come back um, and then it was up to the the online voting and we we're like well. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: we just don't really have an online press, and we were going up against like the Try Guys, like one of the guys Keith Habersberg the Try who, Guys, who
0: Indy and I know because we worked with at BuzzFeed. So I know
1: such, Keith. yeah, f-
2: such a cool guy, yeah, yeah, such a nut, such a cool guy. But I remember when we first got there, I'm looking around and I'm like Joe Beretta from like Bratz and Beretta, who's in, who ended up winning the thing, the wildcard thing, I, and I'm like, oh they were like one of the big names when youtube started like that i i'm a, like i know that guy and i know that a big uh, comic from australia uh randy Feltface. yeah randy, randy fellface yep the nicest guy he the i mean like incredible like it was just like i'm seeing all these people i go i don't even know what the hell this show is and paul and i just were like let's just not i just didn't want to bomb the first you guys episode. were brilliant,
0: and the cookie sketch killed on. I mean, on, on stage. Oh. I mean, and, and I feel like you know, with NBC's help, they really amplified what you guys were going for with like the drenching was... on stage because that was beautiful. I mean, you had Zach, you had Tegan yeah. laughing, you had Keenan laughing, you had
2: uh, uh, Foxworthy laughing. That almost didn't like they were, that cookie sketch because you got to go. These are the sketches we would love to be able to do if we get to this round, but we were like, all right, we'll do the cookie there. And it almost didn't happen because usually when we did the New York shows, our cookie was like this like crappy little pillowcase-looking kind of thing. And this thing, they, they're they like, so you need a cookie, right? And we're like, yeah. They're like, it's Hollywood. So they're like making this cute. I'm like, oh, my God. And Paul and I were like. The entire time, whenever Paul and I are part of any festival or we are so, we, we're so low maintenance and we get so excited about like free food and like the craft service. Like, we're just like, this is awesome. And like, <laughs> so we just sound so unprofessional, like like little kids. And uh, yeah, like the, the quick changes weren't working for that bit. Like it was like the costume, it was too hard to get it off and take the, and it, the scene was supposed to be. I think it was like three minutes Um, and we timed it and it was like without the quick change. And it was like four and a half minutes the night before. And we're like, Oh no. And we get there and it's like the dress rehearsal. They're like, okay guys, let's do. And it just like, it was a disaster. Oh man. Disaster. And then with the wardrobe department for like 12 hours that day, the producers were timing us getting in and out of that cookie and it was just like, we're like, we'll build the set out here. And I'm like working with like one of the SNL directors was direct, was directing that episode. And I'm like, I, I was like, it's just so weird. And I'm like, if the cookie comes in this way and I'm like, I'm in LA, I'm in Hollywood. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And, it, <laughs> and uh, that, that scene that night, when we did that performance of the cookie was the first, the only time we did it uh, all the way through under uh, at the right time wow so it was like we weren't paying attention to anything else except for we have to get it in this time because if you go over then they're gonna snip it and make sure it fits into their uh segment but it was so it was very stressful and paul and i crying afterwards just emotional the whole time because it's like we're we love the whole process we love we have we still genuinely have fun doing this and we're never like how are we going to make money here and how uh, and maybe we should be a little more like that but like we still make each other laugh and we think it's the coolest thing to go on stage and be able to like do something silly and yeah. make someone happy and it's like it's like magic so as corny as it sounds, it's like I mean we. No, it's yeah, not corny, man. It was
0: It's not because people people can see you enjoy. It. People see it's like you know it's it's coming from the heart, and I that's why people enjoy it so much more than something that's forced. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's why yeah. I, I love watching you guys because it's coming from a place of, you know, true commitment, true love, and true passion.
2: Yeah, um, and we're just two we're two two idiots. We're two, we're, two, we're best friends, and uh, yeah, I mean we just just go on stage and not much different off stage, you know we're just with the same idiots and uh
0: yeah it's just awesome i'm glad you never change i'm <laughs> glad you never change and i can't wait to talk about paul about all this stuff as well yeah i'm on the show but uh man i really appreciate you joining me on the show
2: um i'm so happy to be on i love you i think the last time i saw you in person i think we both were just walking down the east side together i think it was, this was right before you were going to australia yeah i yeah. just like bumped in here I'm like what's up man yeah, you're I like know. well in australia i'm like
0: Audio? <laughs> yeah. But I saw, I saw you at Book of Mormon right outside when you did the spectacular yeah, yeah, show. Uh, but I, I got it when once this is all over, man, and I come back home for a little bit. We got to catch up. Um, yes, you know, I'm gonna meet the family, all that stuff, man. But uh, thank you oh, so man, much. Totally. I really appreciate, Joy. You joining. Uh, you're, check him out on his handles, uh, Twitter and
2: Instagram, is Chris O'Show. Chris o Show Anything you want to yeah. plug
0: coming up? Anything you got going on? You want to tease anything for us?
2: Paul and I are working on a a new insane project right now. That uh, I usually say things too early on because I'm too excited. So I'm going to keep this one close okay, to the no chest. Problem. But we're very excited about it, and uh, it'll it'll be coming out uh, in in due time. Okay. Well, what it
0: does, I'm going to bring both you guys back on so we can talk about it.
2: Yeah, and also just so I could say my my stage name. It sounds so douchey to say that is. It's Christopher John O'Neill. And I say this now because I was just on an interview with my buddy, uh, with Joe, uh, Joe Breda from Valley folk. And they said, Chris O'Neill's on. And I guess there's a, a YouTube person or someone called Chris Oni. Yeah, I think so. I think, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I look at the comments. I'm like, Oh, let's see if anyone listen. And they're like, this is a Chris Oni Fuck this guy. And I'm like, wait, what? Like people were just like, Oh, <laughs> I'm disappointed. It's not Chris Oni And I'm like, I didn't say I was. <laughs> like, okay. So we so, had to say
0: Christopher. John O'Neill. Christopher John O'Neill. Christopher.
1: And I John didn't O'Neill.
2: know about that because when I had to register my name, I didn't know anything about that. I told them at Book of Mormon, I go, well, so what's your name? Like, sit. I go, yeah, Chris O'Neill. They printed out thousands and thousands and thousands of playbills. At, with me as chris o'neill and then they were like uh it says you registered at, under christopher john o'neill and i go oh yeah because they said that i couldn't use my real name so i just used my full name yeah and they're like we just pr- this is my first weekend they go we just printed i go, "Oh my i like started off on the wrong foot so i you know uh,
0: all right well christopher john o'neill thank you so much it. my friend joining me on the show. i really appreciate it i love you guys I love you, Bye, Zach. i'll see you later man